College Hockey Podcast from the Summer Skate Studios is brought to you by Liberty University. Bring your faith and your game to the premier ACHA M1 program on the East Coast. See us at EDU. M-Drive. Honest ingredients, real science. Take our quiz at mdriveformen.com and see which of our products are right for you. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos. Caesars Rewards members can enjoy rates as low as $10 a room. UNLV Hockey. Follow the Skate and Rebels championship run all season long. For schedule and ticket information, go to rebelhockey.com. Trurians and Suites. Travel happy again. Book your room at one of our over 150 locations at drurihotels.com. Burrito Express local burrito joint with six East Valley locations. University of Arizona Hockey. Be a part of building not just a championship culture, but the future. Visit ArizonaWildcatHockey.org. Summer Skates. Order your custom koozies or shower shoes at SummerSkates.com and show your game in comfort and style. Jesse Ray's Barbecue for lunch at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard. Your next Allegiant Stadium event catering your office party we are the best of barbecue las vegas style the great west college hockey podcast is a part of the icetimehockeywest.com network here are your hosts scott strandy and stephen marsh well welcome in hockey fans it's wednesday night which means it is time for the great west college hockey podcast um we're live all the time but i'm really live today i am really live today folks Uh, i am in beautiful san diego california on the campus of san diego state university my co-host as always stephen marsh joining me from that vibrant beautiful city of las vegas nevada stephen how are you tonight i'm good the question should be how are you doing because you're you're on the road again as (laughs) as it goes (laughs) well like as as i was telling everybody that would listen to me i got up at 3 30 this morning mountain time took an uber out to uh, Denver International Airport was like a day and a half to get there. Uh, when I got to the uh, airport, uh, there wasn't nearly the lines that I anticipated. So I sat at the gate for about two hours um, from six until eight till I caught my flight to Phoenix. Um, uneventful flight to Phoenix, got in, got another Uber up to pick up my rental car, hopped in and uh, made a stop to, to visit Terry at uh, her spot in um in Arizona and then made my way down to San Diego. And you know what, Stephen? Here's the amazing thing about this. When I got to San Diego, it was 78 and sunny. <laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> make sure you don't say make sure you don't stay in San Diego. <laughs> well, I need to, I need to I need I need you tomorrow <laughs> when we're in San Jose. <laughs> don't stay uh, there. Yeah. Don't uh, don't get too comfortable there. <laughs> when, when can I see it? Friday, Saturday? <laughs> so anyway. I, I said, let's do this. Let, I reached out to the head coach, uh, Phil Bateman, and I said, let's see if Phil will answer me. And he did, two minutes. It took him two minutes after I left his voicemail. Um, and he said, yeah, I, I'll make time for you. Come on down. Let me show you the campus a little bit. Let me tell you about uh, San Diego State hockey. Um, he said, do you mind if I bring uh, my assistant, Clark Oliver, on? I said, no, absolutely. More the merrier. So. Tonight, we're dedicated to San Diego State Aztec hockey. Big, exciting things happening here, including the fact, as we've already talked about, that they're going to be NCAA 
uh, ACHAD1, whoop, Freudian slip, ACHAD1 uh, this season, and uh, aspirations, let's put it that way, to become an NCAA program at some point down the road. So uh, as you know, um, what's that word I like to use during the pandemic? Uh, I think it begins with the letter R. Yeah. So tell it to us. This, this is like a game of Wheel of Fortune here. Yeah. <laughs> relevance. The puzzle relevance. Relevance. <laughs> Yeah, you have to be relevant if you want to be successful, especially in ACHA hockey. So um, we're going to jump into it right now. I've got Clark sitting right, or uh, I've got Phil sitting right across from me. I got Clark. Hopefully, we can chime him in here. So if he wants to hit one of those gray circles, I'll bring him on board as well. But Phil, right across from me um, in this beautiful facility. I mean, this is crazy. Um, Phil Bateman, tell us about San Diego State hockey. Give us a thumbnail of where we're at right now in September of uh, 2022. Well, yeah, welcome. Um, Steve, you're missing out. I apologize for that one. <laughs> um, we are um, unbelievably excited about kicking off. We've, uh, we've been on the ice as a team for about three weeks. Um, really excited to, I think we're hosting Boulder in two weeks. So next weekend we're hosting Boulder. And, you know, we're just doing a lot of the, the things kind of behind the scenes to um, continue the wave of excitement for the hockey program. And that's community-based, um, that's on campus. And, um, yeah, we're, we're, just, we're just ready to go. We're really excited to be a part of this. Phil, I told you um, when I got here, I said seven years ago when I started this company, if I said uh, there was an ACHA program that wanted to uh, consider making a jump to NCAA, or even on the West Coast, it was ACHA D2 to go to ACHA D1. That is a jump. It's a budget jump. It's all of that. Yeah. Uh, if I would have said that seven years ago, people would have been putting tape over my mouth to get me to shut up. Yeah. Um, what's happened in your mind to uh, make this something that we can now openly discuss and talk about in campuses and all over? What's happened? Without being kidnapped. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I think... Hockey itself on the West Coast has, has been um, a dormant giant. When you have three NHL teams mm -hmm. who all opted to bring their AHL affiliates West and just populate areas from the northern parts of California all the way down to the southern tip here, uh, the goals have been unbelievably uh, popular. What it's done is it's just made the hockey community, um, the appetite go through the roof. From a brand perspective, uh, San Diego State still holds the most weight in San Diego, and that's over the, um, the professional programs. So the fact that there's a, a now an ACHA D1 hockey team here, um, I think it's really on the shoulders of just the popularity of the sport on the West Coast. It's been here for a long time, and, uh, and the school has been unbelievable in their, uh, in their support of us, um, kind of allowing us to, um, to kind of move to this pinnacle that we're at right now. Unbelievable. Steven, you want to jump in with some? Sure. Uh, yeah, I, I, I guess my question would be, you know, when you look at, when you look at this, uh, ACHA as a whole, it's, uh, I think it, you know, every year it, it's, it's getting better and better. So now as you guys are now into the fray into the division one level, um, what are you seeing is kind of like 
the the level of talent that is that you guys are going to have to contend with and, and to expect this upcoming season as you get your first um, well, crack is members of uh, Division One. I, I know you've played some games against Division One before, but but yeah, we I mean we ultimately um, we've always been building two tracks here. Uh, there's been the the brand and the off the ice, um, and then we've always hoped that the the on ice supports that or vice versa. Um, we don't have any delusions of grandeur of what we need to be to be successful at this level versus the M2 level. And I think probably by default, um, we've been extremely fortunate with interest from hockey players. And um, I'm confident in the next couple of years that, uh, that this program is going to, to be part of the national conversation um, that uh, in this year is, is step one with that. So we'll hit the ice, as I said, in two weeks. And um, I know what the team's going to bring. I know who we're going to be. And, um, and it's only going to get better every single year just because of, I can tell you that the, the grand total last year was probably 50% more than I anticipated of just interest. And, um, and it kind of shocked both Clark and I uh, just how many kids, when the switch went on, um, found us. Apparently, we, were, we didn't exist before. <laughs> so as soon as we made that switch, all of a sudden, it was um, everyone was packing their bags and wanting to go to California. So we know that that's a, uh, a long process that, uh, you know, we were, um, we have a very early application window. So this year, you know, wasn't what we wanted it to be, but um, yeah, we we know that we are going to be a part of something real special here in the, in the coming years, and it is going to be more of a national conversation with this program. Now, I want to follow up and just ask about, because I think we've talked about this before um, when we had your assistant on, but uh, the the enrollment uh, for San Diego State compared to other schools is is not as high, right? It's pretty tough to get into the school. How does that affect you guys when you guys are trying to get players and, and coming in? I mean, all this is a lot of interest, but it's got that's got to be kind of something you have to kind of deal with when you're trying to get players to, to come to have, you know, because of the, the acceptance rate for San Diego State may be higher than other schools. Oh, I wish it was higher. It was it's lower. Um, <laughs> oh, it's lower. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. sorry. Okay. Yeah, that's what I meant. That's what yeah. I meant. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah so, it's, it's lower. Yeah, less yeah, people most, can get. Yeah. Most schools are 75% or higher. I think I think I looked up Lindenwood at one point was in the 90s <laughs> acceptance rate. Um, there is no doubt that it is. it used to be, um, and I'll, I'll circle back to that in a second, uh, it used to be hard to get into here. Uh, we had collectively between graduate, transfer, and undergrad, um, we'll round it to 111,000 applicants last year. And and that is more than most schools on the West combined. Uh, it is it is a big number for a very small incoming class. Our acceptance rate is usually around 31% um, in a good year with, you know, so it does make life difficult. And so um, we were in a situation with a very narrow um, window of time last year from the official announcement to when our application process closed uh, on uh, last year was December 5th. They extended it by five days. Uh, we were short of two weeks um, taking into considering uh, Thanksgiving to get kids in. And so we didn't have 
that part of our infrastructure in place. It was the one lagging just because of when uh, when it occurred. So um, it used to be an issue, and and we've built relationships and gained tremendous support in that venue. And um, I'll just say that moving forward, it won't be an issue. So um, it'll we can kind of let that out of the bag a little bit more as the time comes. But uh, but yeah. So so moving forward, we've we've just I just can't thank kind of the, the people that are supporting us here on campus enough for um, the doors that they're opening and as opposed to impeding. Um, it really makes a difference in a hockey program. And so, as I said, this year we've got, uh, we've brought in uh, some real nice players and we've surrounded them with some very good guys from last year's team. And um, so I know characteristically how they're going to compete um, and what their skill set is. But uh, as I said, I, I know what we're about to face, and um, you Vegas people can give me an over-under of five, and I'll be happy. So. Oh, he threw a dart already at you. Uh, he didn't throw that well, no, dart he was, at the Colorado kid. No, he was just no throwing a dart because of the Vegas and the over and the under. Yeah, good stuff. I love it. <laughs> and nothing um, to do with the UNLV or anything like that. Just, yeah, I hear you. <laughs> I hear you. That'll be coming later. <laughs> Anyway, um, it, it took me about 30 seconds to be on this campus to do uh, a couple of realizations. Number one was it's beautiful. I mean, I've been by here many times, but uh, first time stepping foot on it, it, it's a beautiful campus. The second thing is uh, after Phil brought me around on my little mini tour of the, uh, the campus, athletics are a huge, huge part of this school and of this campus. And uh, there's some big things that lie ahead, and, and why shouldn't hockey be one of them? I mean, uh, you look at it right now at Arizona State, it's going to be the third highest uh, revenue-generating sport. And when you talk to the higher-ups at schools, what's the first thing they ask? Uh, we don't want you to be a drag on the athletic budget. We want you to be an influence on the athletic budget. Um, you guys are well aware of the Title IX stuff, and that's being looked at and all of that different things and finding a good place to play. I just spotted one right here about, I don't know, a couple hundred yards from me. I could throw a football close. Um, so that's a good, uh, a good thing. And um, the students here, um, they're into athletics. I mean, why would you not be? It's, it's 78 degrees and sunny year-round except for one football game where it was 110, but <laughs> Arizona, brought that. And Arizona brought that. You notice that I'm in Colorado now, so I avoided that. Um, but anyway, it, it's a great place to go. And uh, the, the level of competition, I, you know, just visiting with Phil and with Clark earlier that um, I know these guys are going to be successful because they know what it takes to be successful. And, and that's what it is. I mean, Stephen, you know that it's not about relevancy. It's about, I look for teams that that want to look like they're a champion on and off the ice. And uh, usually if you look the part, it's a lot easier to play the part. Phil, your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I mean, it's an interesting because, you know, it's it's probably why every youth hockey player was told to wear a shirt and tie. Yeah. Because there's a, <laughs> there's an air of professionalism to being a hockey player. And, you know, you you work with these guys and, and – you end up that the percentage of time building the player, building the man, um, probably exceeds the on-ice development because you're building the character and you're just really teaching them how to how to how to be. And um, it's one of the things we talk about a lot here is uh, just about believing in, in what we're doing. And, and um, yeah, I, I think 
programs that show up that are ragtag, they probably play that way at the end of the day. And, and teams that are, um, you know, looked the part, they at least they give their best trying and playing the part. So. Let me let me give you a couple of examples uh, as kind of a follow up, but. Um, you look at youth teams, right? And they, and they get up into midgets and into juniors. And I talked to several coaches now at ACHA and NCAA level, and they say, it would really be a shame and, and really would look bad on us if uh, you came from your junior program and you rode in nice buses and you had nice swag and all of these things happen. And then you come to us and it's like ragtag, right? So we're, we're not going to do that. We're going to make sure that it's another step up, whether it's ACHA D1 or NCAA hockey, we want it to be a step up from where you came from. Yeah. And if you do that, they tell me that the kids respect that and usually give you a little bit more of their effort if, uh, if they're not already doing it. So there's that. The other thing that I, I see is that um, hockey players are, are so crazy. Somebody texted me today in, in Colorado, and I got it when I was in Arizona, but they said, I just went to lunch and you won't know who I met. And I'm going like, no, who did you meet? And they said, well, Nate McKinnon and Kale McCarr were having lunch at the same place I was. And when I walked by, they said, they, they said hello to me. And, and I stopped and said, hey, would you guys mind taking a picture and, and signing an autograph? And they just said, yeah, no problem. And, and then they said, you know, you don't get that. And not to degrade any other sport, but you don't get that with NHL or with NFL players or NBA players. Um, they're usually surrounded by their posses. Um, but here we two Stanley Cup winners having lunch somewhere in Denver and, and a good fan walks by and they, they embrace them. And that's what hockey is all about. I mean, everywhere I go, I run into that same thing. It's like, oh, you're a hockey guy. Well, do you know so-and-so? Do you know so-and-so? And so I think that's where the culture part of it is. But I want to talk about how you translate that culture into a winning culture because one more example I watched Denver, the University of Denver, from start to finish last year, just being where I was. Um, and this summer, I talked to four of the players that were on the NCAA national championship team. And I said, you know, uh, you guys had keys to the city of Denver. You were at the, you were at the state capitol. You got a, name, a day named after you. You got um, to go to the Avalanche game in a suite. You went to the Rockies game. You did all these things. What was the best part of it? I was thinking suite and the avalanche or meeting that you go in the locker room that type of thing you know what they told me all four of them they said it was winning a championship with my teammates i'm going like whoa i mean it could have knocked me over with the feather it was so uh so profound yeah. so how do you build that culture especially at an acha d1 level you know it, <clears throat> there is something inherent about hockey players and they are just their beauties at the end of the day i mean you you think of how many guys win like a cup, and they'll go back to their hometown. That's the first thing they do. You know, they don't, they don't I almost slagged Vegas again, so they don't take it on the strip. They, they go, back to the, <laughs> go back to their towns. Um, so what it means is you're bringing in guys that have like mind. Right. To, to San Diego State, for example. We're looking to bring in character guys. I think 16 of our players currently wore a system or captaincies yeah. of our current roster. So they're character individuals. They're they're older, mature guys with the incoming crop here, um, and they they just they just get that it's not just about them and the two hundred foot sheet of ice. That there is a give back to the community. There's 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 just more that it takes to being a, an actual hockey player versus a kid that plays hockey. Yep. There's more to being a hockey player. So 
that translates to winning because they already have the mindset of a bit more of a professionalism to mm -hmm. it. So the preparation, the attention to detail on and off the ice, whether it's nutrition or just working your flexibility, getting into say our trainers, um, taking care of themselves so that they're better prepared to practice and play. And then their tempo and how they expect our standards has already risen because of the influx of these guys. So the more of these guys that we're bringing in year after year after year, it's just going to make the, the, the on-ice product a lot more professional. Um, we try and do a lot of stuff in the outreach because I've always known, and I know Clark feels the exact same way, that um, we're nothing without the radius of people around us. So, right. um, you know, this year we, uh, uh, we're looking to get into um, a couple elementary schools, do reading programs with kids, yeah. go over to the hospitals, um, you know, some of the things just to reconnect with the fabric of the, the Aztec community. Um, and then if they come to see us, they come to see us. But I want our guys to know the importance of that. And again, that to me tells me when they're willing to do those things that eat up a little bit of their fun time on the little row of homes behind us here in Fraternity <laughs> Row. Um, if they're willing to give their time to, to the betterment of the community, I know they're willing to give the time to the betterment of their own craft, which is on the ice. Good stuff. Steven, I'll let you jump in in just a minute. I got to follow that up with one more because I think it goes another level. And this is something I've been around hockey for 50 years. Um, I asked Michael Weissman, the associate director of the uh, NCHC, mm -hmm. I said, when you guys expand, I said, first of all, would you expand? And if you do, what, what are you looking for? And he said, well, the NCHC was founded on like schools, right? They wanted to find schools that hockey was either the top sport or very near the top sport. And they, they bonded that way. That's how they brought their eight teams together and to form the NCHC. So he said, we're not just looking to bring in another school. We're looking to bring in a, a school and a team that favors hockey, that, that we know is stable and, and has a hockey program that is not if not first and foremost, it's very near the top mm -hmm. of their athletic department at that school. And I said, wow, does that eliminate some teams? He said, well, yeah, it's going to eliminate some. Um, but there's other ones that kind of fit our mold. So it's not really the geographic thing that you would think about. It's more about are they a good fit academically and athletically for the conference? Are they going to make the conference better? Your thoughts, Phil? I mean, I... It makes a lot of sense to me because, um, what is it, the, the tide the tide raises all boats or whatever that is. Yep, that's high a, tide raises all ships. Yeah, so if you have a bunch of conferences that respect the game, are, are um, have that same kind of mindset, I just think at the end of the day that's just going to help to the benefit of the conference health-wise. Yep. If, if you have a conference where there's one team that clearly doesn't put in the effort, they, you know, they, they're just – they're just not of the same standard. Um, I mean, that'll drag down the reputation. So that makes a lot of sense. I mean, I know that you know our our goal um, would be able to to join a conference that you know that Chris Perry's yep. um, structured, and, and he's he's done whether he's cognizant of it or not. He's done a very like thing. He has very stable, high ranked programs that um, show themselves very well year in year out. So I know, and you know. When we talk about it, just uh, uh, pie in the sky stuff, we know what we need to be 
to, to get to the standard of what that conference is looking for. So, yeah, I, I personally love the challenge of it and, and I wouldn't want to join a, I wouldn't want to join a conference or be a part of a collective um, that didn't treat the game the exact same way because, you know, it's, I don't want to say it's a tarnishment, but you, you want to make sure that the reflecting teams that you're playing and conference that you're in, it, um, it just reflects back on your school. And, you know, we're kind of dealing with it here from a varsity perspective with, um, you know, with, with where we are and, and the possible move um, into PAC if it presents itself um, with the absence of UNLV or of uh, USC and U, uh, UCLA yep. pack into the Big Ten. So um, that polish of moving into a, a prestigious conference like that is, is a big deal. It's not something that they take lightly. So I, 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 I hope that uh, San Diego State's on that list to replace them. Stephen, uh, I want to tell you also that he showed me the 20, Tony Gwynn uh, baseball park here on campus. I know you're a big baseball guy, so you had to appreciate that, right? Oh yeah, absolutely, and and it it has to be exciting too that the uh, football team gets to actually play in San Diego again because I know they've been playing in they've had to go up to Carson the last few years to to play their football games their home games so I bet everyone's excited to have the the Aztecs be able to play their home games in San Diego again. Yeah, it's it's a beautiful stadium, but they've revamped the old Qualcomm footprint. Um, as the crow flies, it's maybe a mile and a half, two miles down the to the west of our campus. It is, uh, it is gorgeous. And, um, they've already talked that they're actually going to bring the hockey team over and introduce us during, uh, either it's a halftime or, or at some point, but we, um, our guys have already been over to a game and, and supported it and, and they raved about the facility and yeah, it's nice to have them back. It really is because it's, uh, it just adds again, just to the, the flavor of the campus and the energy on the campus. when you have a, a team that isn't so displaced like they were last couple of years. Stephen, let's do this. Let's take one quick break and let's come back and let's dig into this Aztec, Aztec team and, uh, and find out what uh, Phil's got in store um, for the rest of the uh, ACHA D1 opponents. So we'll be right back in just a couple of minutes. Play at the premier ACHA D1 men's program on the East Coast and prepare yourself for life and career at Liberty University in Lynchburg, Virginia. Sellout crowds, top competition, and championship aspirations await you on our picturesque campus with state-of-the-art facilities, gifted faculty, and over 700 programs of study to help you make an impact on and off the ice, as well as your community training as a champion for Christ. Your faith in yourself and your beliefs are equally as strong. See if Liberty Hockey and Liberty University is right for you. Visit us at liberty.edu. any hockey player in the desert southwest and they'll all tell you the same thing we love going to the rink and sandals now you can show off your game in style with summer skates officially licensed summer skates are comfortable washable and can be designed to show off your fandom phil kessel your guy big william carlson fan or is austin matthews the man have your summer skates designed to show off your favorite nhl player or shout out your own game with your own number Team discounts and customization available, too, for groups of 12 or more. Thirsty after getting off the ice, our new koozies are perfect for keeping that cold one cold in the desert heat. Comfortable and durable, show up to the rink in style. 
an authorized retailer of summer skates, you can purchase yours through our website at icetimehockeysw.com. Your hometown hockey team. Your Western Collegiate Hockey League champions. Your Arizona Wildcats. Tickets for Arizona hockey are now on sale. Support your Wildcats as they battle ASU for another Cactus Cup championship and more at the Tucson Arena. Your hockey team, your Arizona Wildcats. Call 791-4101 for tickets now. I can't wait to get to Las Vegas and check out the fortress. Going to see the Golden Knights? No. Stopping at Jesse Ray's Barbecue for lunch. Oh, that fortress. That combination of brisket, hot links, fries, mac and cheese, surrounded by a fence of ribs? I'm in. Exactly. Jesse Ray's Barbecue. Located at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, right behind the Mandalay Bay Hotel. Check out their pulled pork, smoked chicken, or the fall off the bone baby back ribs. Jesse Ray's Barbecue has been voted the best barbecue in Las Vegas two years running. So whether it's a midday meal or a pregame feast, head to Jesse Ray's Barbecue for all their award-winning tastes. UNLV Rebel Hockey, located in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada, is proud to partner with Ice Time Hockey Southwest. As a premier ACHA Division I university, UNLV offers a unique chance to play college hockey. Experience a pro setting in Hockey Mad Las Vegas while you earn your degree in any of our over 300 majors in one of the world's destination cities. If this sounds right for you, then visit us at rebelhockey.com to get your future started today. From the Summer Skate Studios, this is the Great West College Hockey Podcast. Indeed it is the Great West College Hockey Podcast. We're always live, but today I'm even more live, if I can say that after being up since 3.30 in the morning. I am at the beautiful campus of San Diego State University in san diego california where it's a sunny 78 sun's starting to set now so it's uh it's it's getting a little bit cooler but that's okay i like cool um it's beach weather scott strandy here with you live and uh, i've got uh, the head coach from the aztecs with me uh phil bateman my co-host is always Stephen marsh still in that beautiful vibrant city of las vegas where it's probably a toasty 110 right now or something like that no it's only 87 right now oh, okay <laughs> sell it I, I think I think our our hundred degree days are are done with for the year. Okay, uh, Stephen and I will be gathering together in San Jose for the AHL. Um, I guess it's AHL slash NHL rookie showcase. So we'll be up there for four days, but um, I have to get there somehow. So why not stop in San Diego? Um, okay, we talked about the program. We talked about the philosophy. We talked about those types of things. Let's find out what uh, the head coach thinks about his roster right now and where the strengths are going to be and, and maybe where uh, he wants to see some improvement after just a few days on the ice. So, Phil, tell us about the uh, the roster that you have and where are the strengths, first of all. Well, it's sweater weather now. We're down to 71. Oh. So, <laughs> um, the, uh, <clears throat> we brought in um, – we were lucky to bring in some um, some very talented hockey players this year. 
as I said, to go along with some of our um, high-end guys from from last year's last year's team. So we have, uh, I think, in total of the returners, I think uh, ten or eleven that we're real happy with, and um, and as I said, our incoming class. So uh, defensively, very strong. We had a real upgrade in goaltending. Uh, we were able to get a, a real high-end transfer to come in, solidify the back end for us. Um, a uh, a couple really strong defensemen um, coming out of the both out of the USPHL between uh, uh, one kid um, was Long Beach and he was traded towards the end of Fresno and then uh, a boy was with the New York Aviators mm -hmm. um, and then up front yeah I mean as I said we've we've always had a lot of offensive talent on this program and, and they're now seniors so they've they've really matured their game and um, as I said last year's team uh, already had the, a bit of the complexion of, a, of an M1 team. So we return a lot of those guys, brought in a, a couple other um, guys who'd aged out, um, junior players, uh, one with the Bozeman, Ice Dogs, uh, both California kids. And um, we're real happy with their game. And uh, so I think it's going to be, <clears throat> if, if I had to, to look at the program right now, um, it is, it is more of a, um, it's definitely more of a working team. Um, the, the skill is, is there, but I know what it really takes. And, and as I said at the beginning, we don't have delusions of grandeur here. Um, so the, the, the workman attitude and, and just the attention to detail and, uh, and hopefully the instilled kind of professionalism way to play uh, is going to make us at least a hard team to play against. Um, but you know, we knew that this was going to take a couple of years to get on par with sure. all of our neighbors. And that makes sense. Yeah. Steven. Well, I want to ask about the, some of your games that you're going to be playing. So you're going to take that roster into, uh, yeah. when you look at your whole schedule as a whole, um, it looks like it's, it seems pretty balanced. I mean, it looks like a few more road games and home games, but it seems otherwise it seems pretty balanced. Uh, you got, you're going to be going out to, to New York this, this year and, of course, you'll be up here in Vegas in December, participating in a, a thing with UNLV in Oregon, and and uh, so how, maybe just talk about some of the games that you have this year and some of the the matchups that you might be excited to or intrigued by to to, to see where your team matches up against them. Yeah, we you know when I, when I built the schedule, um, I had heard so many horror stories about what the first year was going to be, um, and it was mainly that uh, well, you're going to be on the road a lot going to be on the road a lot. And so I thought, oh boy, oh boy, the, uh, the department's not going to love what this does to the budget. <laughs> and lo and behold, we ended up, uh, we had a couple cancellations at the, for M2 teams, but it ends up being, um, as you said, about a 50-50 schedule, 13 home, 16 on the road. Um, and we're, you know, we're, we're excited to play the gamut here. And, and when I built the schedule, I, <clears throat> I wanted to make sure that we, um, got a chance to play in all of the, the WCHL conference teams, and I think we've got them all except for Arizona. Um, and we had D2 relationships with a lot of those programs, so that helped. And then uh, the day, literally the day that we were announced D1, um, we got a call, or I got a call from Canisius, and uh, we were an instant invite out to play in Buffalo, New York. They were excited to have us out there, so... Um, I know we're playing Westchester, uh, a team out of Pennsylvania, and then we're playing Canisius, and then 
the winner of one of the other teams, I think Syracuse, Villanova, Buffalo University. Uh, one of those games will be an outdoor game. I think it's the, the Westchester oh. game will be an outdoor game in October in Buffalo. What could go wrong? Um, uh, but, you know, they are, they are teams that, you know, we, we just want to be competitive against. And um, uh, as I said, there's, there's some already established pedigree on this coast. And, and every one of those programs is our role model. So just getting to, to get up to play um, the CU, the CSUs, the uh, obviously UNLV, which is a bit frightening, um, <laughs> GCU, which, you know, Coach Daniel, we've had a long relationship. And same thing with uh, AJ over at Utah, get excited to, to play against them. So um, it, our evolution was necessary because at the end of the day, at the D2 level, we were beating teams so bad that it made no sense for either team to play. Yeah. So whether karma is going to bite us this year and we turn into the opposite, I, I don't think so. I hope not. Um, if we lost every single game this year, but it was 5-2, 4-1, 4-2, that than stay at D2 and, lo- and beat a team 18-0. It just, health-wise, it does nothing. It's unmotivating for my side, and it's, too, it's demoralizing for the opposite side. Um, so the getting a chance to go up and, and the coaches that I've met so far or the GMs that I've interacted with have all been unbelievably welcoming. And, uh, and the fact that we have as many home games as we do and those teams were willing to willing, quote unquote, I was just going to say, <laughs> I was going to say they really had to pull some, pull some legs yeah. there to get uh, some people to yeah. come to San Diego, especially like yeah. in December and January. We, January. we have zoom calls and I just have pictures of the beach behind them. <laughs> So, yeah, no, it, uh, I'm just real thankful to those guys who are, um, you know, giving us home games and, and bringing us into their barns for the year. And, and that's part of the, the maturation for our program is seeing how established teams do it, how they, how they run uh, even just the, the day-to-day, the game, um, you know, the, the fan base. Um, it's just going to be, it's gonna be a, a, a real kind of uh, – um, a spongy year where we're just collecting information all year and, and really, um, you know, priming ourselves for the years to come. So let me follow that up by saying, uh, Stephen, you won't believe this, but there's only one school in the western part of uh, the WCHL that he wasn't able to get, and it was a scheduling deal, and it's his closest opponent basically at the University of Arizona. Chad just couldn't get him to couldn't get him in the schedule, and it's like wow, everybody else wants to play you and they want to come here. Um, come on, Chad, let's figure this thing out, man. <laughs> Coach, your thoughts on that? Yeah, we try, actually, we tried a number of times with Chad, and I think it just, um, you know, he's uh, under high demand, we'll say that. Yeah. So, you know, but, but again, he was one of the ones who, um, from kind of day one, said, uh, you know, anything we can do to help your program, um, let us know. And, Obviously, that didn't mean playing us. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, no, we're, you know, we know, again, that they are who they are. Uh, once upon a time, we used to play their program before I came on. I think the year before was the last time we played them. So it's been a number of years, and, and hopefully next year um, we can go and down to Tucson and, and play in their brand-new barn. And, yeah. yeah. Maybe you'll open it. Wouldn't that be cool, huh? Yeah. <laughs> so, so let me ask you this. The, the beauty of ACHA 
M1, D1, whatever you want to call it, is that it's great to be in a conference and to win a conference because winning a trophy at any level is, is always great for the morale of your team. But you can play teams, earn computer points, and still get yourself to a national tournament. Um, what's realistic this year? Can you guys force your way in there if you have really an unbelievable season? Can, can you make the trip from San Diego to Boston in well, March? I'd like to. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, again, I, <clears throat> I don't think realistically that that is in our picture, but we know that. Um, but I, you know, we'll see. I, yeah. I, I mean, I, realistically, and again, my, my Vegas friend, don't put any money on us. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm putting the $20, I just, back, $20 bill back in my pocket. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, you know, we um, – uh, I would think that teams that are in that top 20, um, we wanted to make sure that we had enough games to qualify for that this yeah. year. And we, yep. we exceeded that. We're at almost 30 games and – so we're, we're happy about that. At the, I think we have 27 M1 games. Um, and that blew our expectations out year one. So, you know, the, the nervousness was 20. Um, and, and when we went searching, we went looking for teams that were in and around 500. I would think teams that are vying for that top, you know, where you start to talk about, the, you know, the Adrians, the Ohio, the UNLV, Liberty, um, the Staples, their strength of schedule is going to be the minor. Their strength of schedule is um, is going to be up there because they're all searching for top end teams. And you know we're we're okay where we are right now. As I said, um, I know what we're going to be, and uh, um, just get ready in the next couple of years. <laughs> I'll say that, <clears throat> Stephen. Well, hopefully, a couple of years down the road you're in a national tournament if, if not sooner and i want to ask you because there's a difference between the the division two level and the division one when it comes to how the the tournament is structured i guess what do you maybe what do you like about the format that that's at the m1 level and the, compared to the d2 level and, and maybe you know what you know maybe some of the things that intrigue you about you know because in m1 level of course it's it's you know when it's a one game in your you know one and done situation and m2 level it's it's a little bit of a pool play situation so at least if you have one bad game to start with you're not out of it yeah m2 was a lot of a lot of steps to get there yeah. um yeah. and it and you know for for a lot of programs talented or not that's a lot of finance and i think that was always something that stared at us in the face was um a ten thousand dollar game you know if you fly over to northern colorado and you're done in one night. That's that's a you know a near ten thousand dollar trip for one game. So I love the M1 setup. One game or not, at least you know you're part of something, and and the pageantry is there, and and you worked hard to to get in that position. Um, where you know it's a slog to get through the M2, which I don't know if it's a harder path, but it is. It's a lot, especially if you have a conference, which we were a part of the pack. Um, to have to go through your conference and then hopefully your rank is still solid enough and then you go through a regional and then eventually you get to you know a, a smaller tournament um, so yeah it was I, I, I like this format a lot better I think it it thins the herd and the right people show up and get there when it's all said and done um, 
and I don't think it's as taxing on your uh, on your overall budget and, and your preparation to be a competitive team. Okay, so let me follow that up with, um, as you work towards getting those computer points, Stephen and I have thrown things at the computer and done everything else because I think it's frustrating at times. Nobody really knows, but for somehow, some way, it seems to work out in the end that the best 20 teams get there. There might be one or two upsets that get the auto bid maybe because they upset somebody and maybe they weren't ranked in the top 20. But uh, overall, you, you got to be happy with the way the computer puts everything out and uh, ultimately gets you a field of 20. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that they're, they're no dummies, the guys who do this, and they, <laughs> they know what they're doing. So, yeah, no, it's uh, um, it's been a pretty fair, um, from what I've been able to see from the outside, it looks like it's pretty fair. And, again, it's uh, the, the conference play for some of these teams that, that get auto bids. Um, you know, those teams were in play to begin with, and it was just a matter of go play that game. And, uh, and if they, they won, they got through. So, um I'm just happy that alphabetically we're somewhere ranked in the like the mid fifties right now. So I'll take that. <laughs> okay, I gotta get. That's one pretty more good because there's 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 ninety teams overall in the, in the <laughs> division one this year. So. Yeah, way to go, Stephen. <laughs> right, give me give me one more shot here, and then you can uh, you can throw one in. Um, so when you look at it and you say, okay, here we are. Um, we know what we're trying to get to. Um, we saw Utah, unfortunately, last year was holding down a spot in the tournament, and then they got ousted by two things. They got ousted by an uh, unexpected um, auto bid, and they got ousted by maybe a weaker opponent schedule down the stretch. And I think we learned from it. If you talk to A.J. and Morgan, I think they'll tell you that this year that's not going to happen. Um, so when you sit back and think about it, maybe it's not this year, but next year, what will you do, or what are you taking away from what you're seeing now to assure the Aztecs don't fall into that quote-unquote trap? Yeah. Yeah, you know what? <clears throat> the, um, the strength of schedule is always tricky because you're going to do your start your scheduling. I mean, I've already had programs reach out for 23-24. Well, I don't know what that program's going to be. Right that far projected forward. They yeah. might be world beaters now and have 12 seniors and they're nothing the year we go and play them. So it, it's tricky. And I think that's where a lot of the shelter of a conference yeah. helps. Yep. Uh, you know, and the, the conference that Utah sits in, as I said, I think they had, I think ASU was there. U of A was probably right on the cusp. Yeah. Uh, obviously UNLV and then Utah was right on the cusp and GCU is probably knocking on the, or nipping at the heels and the Oklahoma programs. Yep. Obviously. So you've got, You've got a, a lot of teams where you've, you've got strength of schedule built in, and that goes back to that have like-minded programs in a conference, and you're not going to drag any of them down. Um, for our point, I think um, I will just kind of continue to um, bring in programs that, are, um, that, that we deem to be competitive, yep. and, um, and then we will chase a couple. Yep. Uh, you know, and that, that means obviously getting on the road, and I know – uh, we're fortunate to host George Mason this year. Yep. Uh, so we'll return it next year, and, and part of that return is we're going to slide the Naval Academy in uh -huh. to play against them, which should be yeah. a tremendous atmosphere. Um, I, I ultimately made this leap for two reasons. Um, I did it because I thought there was an appetite in the hockey community for it. Yeah. The other component to that was I wanted to give 25 guys a hell of a hockey experience. Yep. 
and getting to go to some of the barns that we're going to go to, they may be in awe when they walk in, and it's the biggest crowd possible that some of them have ever played in front of. Yeah. And 20 years from now, they'll remember that. And that, to me, is important. Um, and as we get more and more competitive, it's going to be going into one of those barns and silencing those crowds and taking two points. <laughs> and that's that's where we're looking to be, is, is a team that um, gains instant traction, and, and we're here, and two years down or next year, um, that we just kind of look who's coming and, and yep. we, we start to go into some of these places. And, um, you know, it's, I, if I could have taken more time and, and if COVID hadn't happened, um, you know, could we have put together a team that was an instant probably, but I don't know if we earned that yet. Yeah. So, uh, you know, let's, we are who we are and, and we know our, we're on a, the West coast. It's new. We'll have eyeballs on us. And, um, We'll just kind of we'll play it out, and, and uh, next year or the year after, whatever it is, if, if we're in that conversation of the top 20, that means we've done our work both on and off the ice, and uh, and then it's just down to a bounce of the puck, hopefully. Okay, Stephen, your last one. Well, I just know that in December when they come to Vegas and play UNLV, they will get a nice warm welcome by the the, the Rebel uh, faithful because uh, those two schools just lo love each other so much. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that's called love. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, but uh, yeah. So I mean, um, yeah. I guess just kind of overall, you know, I, I was intrigued. I was reading a little bit. Um, this program is you guys have. You know, been around for almost what fifty years now, right? So, talk about maybe the little bit of the the history of the of the program, and and uh, from you know from your eyes and what you know you've been part of it now the last seven or eight years, and just you know and, and how it's kind of come to be, be what yeah. it is now. Yeah, it's it's um, it's almost forty years, I, I think, is the the number. It's somewhere around 38, 39 years. It apparently started with a bunch of guys who must have tricked their kinesiology professor into letting them go play hockey as an elective. <laughs> and they eventually formed the team, got the ACHA accreditation. Uh, I don't know the year, but apparently they won a national championship at the D3 level. And then they progressed up to two, and that's kind of where we sat. Um, it's had some down years uh, where it was mismanaged. The year that I took it over, I was, uh, I was brought over um, from the Gulls, tapped on the shoulder and said, do you want to take this program over because it's on life support? Uh, it was financially in bad shape. It wasn't uh, run very well. They uh, hadn't had a, a head coach stand on the bench for more than a year at a time. And, um, and so there wasn't a lot of invested interest in it, both from a school or a player perspective. So... Um, I, you know, I came in from, you know, having an NCAA and coaching. This was almost on the heels of coaching in what is now, I think, the – it's not the WNHL. It's it's whatever the Women's National Hockey League is yep. up in Canada and, and throughout the States. Uh, I was part of the original franchises of that, one of the, the coaches of the original franchises that up in with the Brampton uh, just outside of Toronto. Um, so I had just come off of going from NCAA to working with professional women who had – uh, gold medals and national championships and <laughs> world championships and were sponsored and treated the game with the utmost respect to coming here and, and having to clean up a lot of mess and, and rewrite its reputation and, and get away and wash its 
the dirt off the program. And, um, you know, it's, it's been a lot of work. It's, it's uh, at times been overwhelming um, just because of the scope of it to get to this point. But um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm proud of where we are and, and I'm proud of the work that's kind of been done. And, and I know that we are nowhere near finished and I don't know what finished is going to look like, but I have a feeling it's going to be um, something that is, is envious when it's all said and done. Okay, so let me piggyback on that one. It's kind of my final question for you. Um, give us a thumbnail of what you expect or what you have seen from your game day crowd and the game day experience because people know it's San Diego, right? How do you get them off the beach and into the ice rink? Um, when it's 110 in Arizona or Vegas, it's easy. Free air conditioning. Yeah, yeah. But here, um, maybe not so so easy. So you guys got to be a little progressive and and not only have a good product, but have a good game day experience. So what can we expect when we come watch you guys play at home? I didn't, I didn't know what it was going to be like, the fever, yeah. to be honest with you. Yeah. Our student section is rabid. And uh. it is, there are a lot. They make up probably 50% of the barn when it's full. Um, and, you know, I, again, I, I've never known organically how crowds come up with stuff. Right. I don't know if someone's standing there saying, hey, do this, do this. You know, this is when you do this. Because, again, you wouldn't think it's a very um, educated crowd here just by reputation. But, um, you know, lo and behold, last year we looked around and the barn was absolutely packed. And, again, a horde of students, probably, you know, two and a half, three hundred, just absolutely packing the place. And the anthem starts and not even a verse in, they start singing as a crowd. Uh, and they love just that. take over. And from the second the warm-ups start, they are just, they're on the visiting goalie. They know they have chants. They've come up with words we can't use. Um, <laughs> and they are just incredible. And, and again, organically, I don't know how it happened, but it's, it's happened. And so hockey is, is, if there is a food chain here, um, football and basketball are king, and which one is, is the higher up? depends each year uh i think if there's if there's a third place hockey is is right there yeah everyone knows who the hockey players are on campus and whether that's a you know their affiliations with the the frats or just you know they're just social guys and and you know they're, they're just out there amongst the student body um but the support has been incredible the community youth hockey the high school kids bring their families whatever it's been incredible, and I think a lot of it goes back to putting a lot of work into reestablishing the brand and what it meant to be kind of an Aztec hockey program. Yep. And it's always been my thing that the most important thing at the end of the day is, you know, if you sign an autograph for a kid, that kid one day is going to want to wear your jersey. Yeah. And, and so we did that work seven years ago, six years ago. And I think it's starting to pay off and, and the community support um, just comes out. And, you know, for the first time, I think last year, uh, the rink was getting inundated with, you know, when, when are the games, when's the next game? And, and people just came out of the woodwork and started supporting it. And they saw that it was a, an honest, uh, it wasn't an overproduced game. It was just, it was an honest, fun college experience. Yeah, good stuff. Um, I got to leave you on a funny story. Um, 
We had uh, the assistant coach up at uh, Alaska Anchorage on our NCAA podcast the other night, and uh, and I was asking him about the greatest name in college hockey right now, which is Maximilian Helgeson. And I said, uh, he's an Anchorage kid, and he's a sophomore. He was at Lindenwood, went back when Anchorage's program came back, and you were talking about signing an autograph. Well, let me tell you the full circle of this story. Um, the head coach at UAA, Matt Chasby, was teaching school, social studies, I think, um, in one of the schools up in Anchorage and uh, had been playing for the uh, Alaska Aces and had a lot of fans. Mm -hmm. And Maximilian, um, they, they had like a couple of career days or whatever, and uh, he would come with a Matt Shazby Alaska Aces jersey on. Twice, twice I was told this happened. Mm -hmm. um, and, and Coach Shazby would go like, whatever, you know. It's like, it kind of, how do you, how do you greet that? Now, all of a sudden, uh, UAA is back at the NCAA level, and uh, here comes Maximilian Helgeson on the roster from his social studies teacher in high wow. school, wow. who's now his head coach at the collegiate hockey level. So, I mean, it, it's crazy how that all works out. So we had, <clears throat> this goes back to, I took a, uh, a 97 team, they were a minor 16 AAA team. Okay. Up to Richmond, British Columbia. Okay. And that tournament assigned a kid to every room. And he was your sure. little representative. And he played for a <laughs> hockey program. And, and I think they were all peewees. Okay. This summer, that kid reached out and said, I'm coming to San Diego State next year. And he's been playing <laughs> oh, up in the... Gotta he's be been kidding playing, me. He's been playing AAA hockey all the way. That inspired him to play to keep going at high level. He went and played in the KJ or whatever, the, the Kalamazoo or Kamloops yeah. Junior Leagues with the Victoria Cougars. Next year, he's coming to state because he remembered that had the treatment of how he was treated by the San Diego hockey players. And then he said that never left him. So he's coming next year. Yeah. I love it. What a story. Um, we could go on forever. Uh, we're running out of time. But what I will say is, uh, there's a bunch of things that you told me off the record that are coming this way. Uh, I wish we could spill the beans right now. We'll we'll get to it when we'll there when there's when there's something that we can really do on this. But trust me, folks. I mean, San Diego State's not only going to be the place to play, but the place to watch. And uh, if you're thinking it's going to be a pushover even this season, uh, I got another thing coming for you. You better be prepared to play every single night. These guys are going to give it their all. Uh, Head coach Phil Bateman, thanks so much for joining us. Um, Clark has been on here the whole time, and I wanted him to push a, a gray circle so we could talk, but apparently he was going to let you have this show. So, yeah. uh, Clark, we, uh, we're definitely going to have you back on again because uh, your insight is incredible, and we need to get a little dirt on Phil, at least something. Mm -hmm. So uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll reach out to that. Stephen, go ahead and take it away if you would. From the Summer Skate Studios, the Great West College Hockey Podcast was brought to you by the University of Arizona, ACHA D1 Hockey, a rich history, past, present, and future. By Summer Skates, whether you choose our original red, a custom logo, or a new sho black shower shoes, show off your game with style at summerskates.com. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos, no one does entertainment destinations better. UNLV Hockey. ACHA Division I Hockey and a world-class education in any of our 300 majors. By M-Drive, real people, real results. Try M-Drive Boost to look and feel your best. Jesse Ray's Barbecue at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas. Also, their new Henderson location at 
off Boulder Highway, 308 North Boulder Highway. Be it a loaded in Vegas dish or a rack of ribs, this is barbecue Las Vegas style. Jury Inn and Suites, our quality and value have earned us 16 straight J.D. Power Awards. Book your stay at DruryHotels.com. Liberty University, strengthen your faith, your game, and your education at Liberty.edu. And by Burrito Express, authentic Mexican food fresh from our family recipes with six East Valley locations. The Great West College Hockey Podcast and all of Ice Time Hockey West podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app. Also available for download at Apple Podcasts, Podbean, the Google Play Store, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and on the TuneIn app. Ask Alexa to turn on your ITHSW podcast. The Great West College Hockey Podcast is a part of the IcetimeHockeyWest.com network. Very well done, my friend. I just have one word for you tomorrow. Uber. <laughs> oh. I'll be there. No, I'll no. be there, buddy. No. I'll be there to pick don't you get, up, I don't, promise. No, I'll stay in. As much as nice as San Diego is, we, we got work to we got work it's to do up in the north <laughs> northern part of the state. <laughs> Absolutely, I will see you tomorrow. Thanks for uh, for all that you do for uh, the Great West College Hockey Podcast. Our thanks to everybody at San Diego State, especially Phil Bateman for sitting in and giving us this great location to do a live show from. And um, folks, I'm telling you, this program is on the rise, and we'll have more coming up because there's uh, more to talk about down the road. So. We'll say goodnight with little Roger Klein, the Peacemakers, De Niro. Good night, everybody. <laughs>